April 14th, 2021. Captain's log. That's what they used to say on Star Trek. Um, I, I think it's a clever way to kind of introduce thoughts and reflections. Um, so on this day five, last day of my 2021 baseball road trip with my son, my 13 year old son, feels like we're closing the book on this, uh, this journey. It's been, uh, it's been a special one. I want to talk this morning about Northern California because I am, uh, I am this morning waking up and walking in Patterson, California, which is a small, uh, but really bustling, growing business community in, um, right in the central Valley, which is the uh, agricultural heart of this country, um, in California. It's a, a, a place that started, I'm guessing, as kind of just a, a business distribution center um, uh, along Interstate 5. Interstate 5, the, the spine of the West Coast, going from the Mexican border to the Canadian border, straight through Seattle, of course. Um, when you drive along Interstate 5 in California, you see some, some, uh, some you know, occasional really big warehouses that are distribution centers or places of, of storage and then shipping for big companies like a, an Amazon, a Costco, um, a Whole Foods, a Best Buy, these really, really large corporate big box retailers. And then Patterson has built around that um, to be a whole bunch of hotels and food places and uh, utilities uh, and social service organizations. I'm walking past a, a building that looks like it's called Cali Kosher. Um, and it looks like a, you know, a restaurant um, here. I want to talk this morning about the changing politics of this country and why we fight to vote in a, in a broader cultural uh, context. It is April 14th. Um, just to put some dates around this, tomorrow is what's famously known as tax day. It's the day your tax returns are due. But this year, they're not due tomorrow. They're due a month from tomorrow because they've been, or maybe two months, I can't remember. There's been an extension granted for people because of COVID and the pandemic to pay their taxes later. Tomorrow, April 15th, is also the the day in major league baseball and uh obviously been i've been focusing with my son on games this week um in which major league baseball as an institution celebrates and honors the the impact and legacy of jackie robinson the first um known african-american player in major league baseball first allowed into the to the system um, in 1947, the integration of baseball. And every, every major league team wears on their, in their, in their regular jersey colors, wears the number of um, Jackie Robinson, number 42 on Jackie Robinson Day. That'll be tomorrow. Um, today, my son and I will be going 
to our final game in San Francisco. The San Francisco Giants uh, will be playing at home in a stadium right along the San Francisco Bay. And I'm excited to end this trip with him in, his, in what is one of the more beautiful stadiums in the country. It's location, um, it's, it's kind of a view out in the bay. I'm also excited because we're gonna be in San Francisco. And in San Francisco, that was a launching point and the home of the two most politically powerful women in terms of uh, office holding that this country has ever known, ever. Uh, the district of House Majority Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, the Congressional House District for her, and the part of the state of California in which our Vice President, VP POTUS, Kamala Harris, launched her political career as a district attorney in San Francisco on her way to being Attorney General of the state, a position that she narrowly won in her first election in uh, 2010 or 2012, I uh, can't remember which one, and now, of course, and then went on to be sen senator of the state and now is the first female vice president in the state of the United States. They both come out of the Bay Area politically, and they will be sitting behind, right behind, in full view of the television cameras, the president of the United States, Joe Biden, when Joe Biden delivers his first State of the Union address on April 28th. It'll be the first time, obviously, in U.S. history that two women occupy those seats behind the President of the United States during the State of the Union. It is always the Vice President of the United States and the majority, the House Speaker, who sit back there. And we've never had women in both of those positions simultaneously. And Pelosi herself is the first female speaker ever. She was installed in that position in 2007 when the Democrats took control of the House of Representatives and has held that position again since the Democrats retook the control of the House of, Dem uh, the House of Representatives in 2019, January of it. So, you know, conservatives love to despise the liberal values of San Francisco. It is those values that have produced the Harvey Milks, the Nancy Pelosi's of this world and launched a career of our first, first female vice president. So I, I just think about these things politically wherever I am. I'm always mindful of like, where am I? Um, and what's my connection to where I am? Um, when, even when I'm going to baseball games. So with that in mind, right now in Patterson, California, I am in the 10th Congressional District, the House District 10, U.S. House District 10 of California. California has 54 Congressional Districts. It's the largest in the country. And will uh, likely, for the first time, lose a Congressional District in the redistricting 
drawing that will occur this year. Redistricting is when the U.S. Uh, Census Bureau draws, I'm sorry, uh, has counts, census counts of people living in this country, and then it allocates uh, using those counts um, a count of, uh, of which states have how many congressional districts. Every U.S. congressional district has to have equivalent population sizes to it. It's, it's in the 200,000 somethings uh, per district because of uh, constitutional requirements of one person, one vote, meaning that each person's representation in this country should be roughly equivalent in size um, of their districts to other people living somewhere else in the country. So all the districts have roughly numerically similar sizes. They can't be identical because the census count is imperfect, but also because people move. So you can't control whether or not those numbers stay exactly identical. Um, we're in the 10th in this state, uh, and California has 54. The U.S. census that Donald Trump tried to, to destroy, um, and this is one of the main things that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's victory uh, salvaged and protected, is a honest count of all people living in this country, both citizens and non-citizens. And congressional representation is uh, predicated uh, uh, constitutionally upon representing all people living in, I think the language in the Constitution is all persons thereof, not just citizens, but all persons thereof in districts. Um, California is at about 40 million people, which is just way too big for any state. That's a topic for another day. Um, but in this year, in this, this draw, this census count, they'll likely, um, uh, decline one seat in the U S house, um, because other states have gained some seats and they've lost some, uh, overall population departing the state. So they'll probably go to 53. They'll, they'll redraw the U.S. House districts. They have an independent citizens commission here that draws the districts in this state. That's a common thing in blue states is independent redistricting commissions, which means that the legislature doesn't decide it by themselves. Um, and they'll have 53. The 10th is one of those and it will be redrawn. It's currently um, represented by Josh Harder. Harder is uh, somebody who won the district in 2018 as a Democrat and uh, re won re-election in 2020. So it is part of the blue wave of 2018. Um, and it's indicative of the changing politics of uh, some parts of, of this country where, where the closer you are to metropolitan areas, the more likely you are to have a racially diverse, educationally edu uh, uh, upper educated, and also kind of like uh, culturally sophisticated and uh, appreciative of a diverse democracy population. Um, and we are here located kind of in a triangle between uh, Merced and Modesto, which have been more conservative environments. It's the areas in which Cesar Chavez did his organizing in the 1960s and 1970s of the farm workers. He had to organize against big business here. 
but over time it's become more and more Latino and more and more um, working class focused of, an, of a place and more and more uh, of the, the population kind of a spillage from the barrier has come east in towards in towards the Central Valley and south from Fresno, uh, which is a the major metropolitan marker at the north end of the Central Valley. That's a really big truck I'm walking past. There's a bunch of trucks around here because of the distribution centers. So I'm in the tent. Now, when you drive on these trips, you go across the country as we have from Tampa to the Bay Area, you pass probably hundreds of thousands of signs from billboards to street signs to exit signs and to speed limits and so on. And, uh, you know, there's points of interest markers like the 45th parallel that you're passing or the birthplace of so-and-so. Um, all kinds of markers along the way. Uh, but there are no markers that mark which congressional district you're moving into and out of. That isn't the way it works. There are county markers. There are city markers. There are mile markers. Um, there are speed limit signs. There are all kinds of things. Le heavy left turn coming, heavy right turn coming, and so on and so on. But there are not markers that tell us what congressional district you're in because our country doesn't, isn't intellectually organized in that way. But that's an interesting thought experiment. It's like, what if there were these markers? What if we were reminded and we chose to highlight which congressional districts, which state districts we were in or we are in at any time? And that we were to make that a point of focus in our civic world. To be mindful of who represents us at all times. It matters. It matters at least as much as any of the other signs and markers that we see. And it certainly matters for economic benefits, for uh, the values that are present for the healthcare, the education, the technologies. For the voting opportunities along the way last night, as we were driving here after the baseball game in Los Angeles, we drove through Kevin McCarthy's district, the 23rd congressional district. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is the minority leader of the U.S. House of Representatives, which means he's the, the highest, um, he's the elected, internally elected within the Republican Party leader of the House of Representatives delegation that is Republican. He, so he's the House Minority Leader. He represents the 23rd Congressional District in California. It's a district where my in-laws, my wife's family, people that I've certainly gotten to know and love over time, um, where they live, they live, he's their representative. Um, and McCarthy is a perfect symbol of this country right now. 
the Republican position. He uh, criticized Donald Trump for his leading of the insurrection on January 6th and his claims about voter fraud. He then embraced Donald Trump during impeachment and refused to vote for impeachment for the second impeachment. He then visited Donald Trump in Florida to make a pilgrimage to kind of win back his support because of his initial criticism of Trump's language after the election and his fueling of uh, inciting insurrection. And McCarthy now is the leader of the House of Representatives Republican Caucus that opposes H.R. 1 and S. 1. And he, with his parallel colleague, Mitch McConnell in the U.S. Senate, is determined to not do anything to advance the democracy of this country, to instead not respond to the diversifying population that defines the states that we've been through on this trip, to not respond to a evolving America, instead to block it, to prohibit it, to prevent this country becoming its better self. McCarthy's hold on 23rd is strong. Uh, the district is drawn to support him, to help his him have a strong Republican base. The districts will be redrawn with the U.S. Census data uh, in the next six to nine months, um, and he will have, continue to have a strong district, I'm sure. McCarthy is popular. Uh, that's the way it is. He's very popular in his district. But it was his protege, I'm sorry, his mentor, uh, Bill Thomas, who was the former 23rd Congressional District holder that McCarthy worked for, and then McCarthy ran for his office when Thomas retired. It was Thomas who outspokenly criticized McCarthy for McCarthy's re-embrace of Donald Trump after January 6th in support of Trump's, in, in, in defense of Trump during impeachment. And since the, uh, the Congress has reconvened, Thomas did a set of interviews in Bakersfield where my in-laws live. So I was aware of these um, and criticized Kevin McCarthy, his protege, the, the person he launched. Congressional district by congressional district is really how this country is governed and it is the political landscape that we work within. We've, we compete for U.S. Senate races. We compete for U.S. House races. We compete for governor's races, certainly for president and vice president contests. And it is in those districts where representation occurs. The act of representing your voters. The idea of the democracy is that there are people who are elected who represent voters. And that's the way it should work in our country. Voters should choose the people who represent them. And if they don't think that the people they elected do a good job representing them, then they can vote. Those voters can vote the elected officials out. In order to do that, we need to have laws. Laws that fairly allow people to vote, to, to have uh, uh, fairly drawn districts that are not 
just drawn as swiggly lines to protect certain incumbents. We need voting practices that make it available for people who work to come and vote, to vote by mail, to vote on weekends, to vote in early times, in mornings, in evenings, not just election day. We need ballot drop-off boxes. We need a Congress that wants to pass HR 1 S1. Today, on this last day of this trip, my son and I will be at a baseball game. The privilege of enjoying a baseball game. It's been a, a heck of an experience driving all this distance, going to these games in these different congressional districts across the country. Today, to get into the San Francisco Giants game at Oracle Park, we will need to show not only our ticket, but also a COVID test, a negative COVID test within the last 72 hours. This is a restriction that Major League Baseball allows teams to have. When we were in Texas, as I talked about, there were no restrictions on the membership who came to games. Here in San Francisco, there is a health restriction um, that is at the other end of the continuum. You got to have a COVID test, a negative COVID test within 72 hours and present that along with your ticket to get into the stadium. So my son and I got those COVID tests in Phoenix uh, a day and a half ago at a local CVS. You can, you know, go through their drive through pharmacy and they give you the test. And I've done these a number of times in Seattle where you go to a drive up and they, they swab your nose. Um, here we did, I had to do our own. They gave us the materials and then we swabbed our own and submitted them. That was an interesting experience doing that because it's not a comfortable feeling. Um, but it is how government should work to give us the tools to make our life healthier, stronger, more fair. So we have our COVID tests. We'll show upon entry to Oracle Park. Is it take a little work? It did. It does. But it's for the collective health of everybody in San Francisco and who come to that game. It's for the good of us all. It's for the good of us all. You know, we end the Pledge of Allegiance with the words liberty and justice for all. It's never been liberty and justice for all, of course, not even close in this country. But it is what we need to strive for. It is what we need to work for because we will not have in America a fair and just inclusive democracy till we have liberty and justice for all, for all people, regardless of race, for white Americans, black Americans, brown Americans, Asian Americans, Native Americans, for women and men and other binary, uh, gender categories, across our sexual identities, our economic positions, our educational um, levels. It takes all of us to make it a place for all of us. Patterson, California, 
I look around and I see beautiful green hills. I see to my left a Wendy's restaurant and a gas station. I see a hotel. I see another gas station. I see an Amazon warehouse. For good and for bad, this is the country that we have. I've appreciated the chance to go across it, to see it in its in some of its less than positive lights. Can't live in that with our head in the ground and deny these pieces. The work is clear ahead of us. A just and inclusive democracy. HR1, S1, fighting bad legislative bills, working for voting justice. The fight to vote rages on in all of its vigor today. We're in. Onward.